The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Buckle up, folks. This show is going to be all over the map. I'm going to cover lots of topics. You are listening to the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. Peter cried out, We're all gonna die. It's my opinion that we all should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues involved with off-grid living. And from time to time, I'll throw in some political comments as well, because I really do feel that our republic is worth saving. And any chance I have to do that, I take it. My goal I wish to accomplish with this show is to make my listeners self-sufficient and also to help them build their faith in God. This show comes to you from the Harmony Barn Studio, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. This show is aired on KYAH, 540 AM, Delta, Utah, Utah's Talk Authority. It can also be heard on 89.3 FM, Key Radio in Osage Beach, Missouri. And on shortwave, it can be heard on WRMI, Radio Miami International. This show is also a podcast available on demand by these services. Anchor, Spreaker, PodPoint, and PodPage. And I thank you so much for tuning in. Today I have kind of an eclectic show. We're going to be all over the map. But before we get started, I want to tell you about a little bit of good news. I went out just yesterday and looked out in the pasture where the cows were, and I knew I had one that was going to calve, and so I was checking her regularly to make sure she didn't have any problems. I got up, and the first thing, I went out to check her, and I saw this nice black calf out in the distance that she was standing by. And I said to myself, good, she had her calf all right. So I went ahead and started feeding the rest of the cows and looked over my shoulder after I threw a couple bales and the calf was nursing. I thought, everything's great, all systems go. So I threw a few more bales and I couldn't help but look back to see this nice mama and her new baby. And there she was nursing her nice red calf. And I thought, red calf? I thought it was a black calf. Well... I figured my eyes were playing tricks on me until I threw a few more bales and I thought, you know, that was a black calf. I wonder if, and yes, she did. She had twins. 
And so that's the first set of twins I've ever had born on the ranch. And I'm really proud to say that Ellen and Elaine are doing great. And they're running and bucking around and having lots of fun. And they're both full-blooded Scottish Highland little heifers. And so I thought I'd pass along that bit of good news. And I have more good news concerning the show. I'm getting very close to WRMI. I know I've been saying that for several months, but it's not my fault and it's not Bob Bierman's fault. It's just getting everything perfect. And when you're using used equipment, as Bob Bierman bought an old transmitter and he had to repair it, sometimes you have to wait for parts. And that's been the issue. But everything's getting very, very close. And so I can say that I'm now setting up the airtime for when I'm going to be starting on WRMI. And that's my next step. And so that's good news. And also, I think it's very good news that I'm getting lots of emails. And I really do appreciate that. Because as I sit here and make these shows, I'm actually talking to a wall. And when you're talking to a wall, it's really hard to get motivated as far as thinking anyone's listening. And so all the emails that I get that let me know that, yes, you are listening, really encourages me. And it also helps me put on better shows because I'm kind of a newbie at this, if you haven't figured that out. And hopefully I'm getting better. But I still have to learn how to talk to a wall. And talking to a wall sometimes can be kind of tough. So thank you for all your encouragement. I do appreciate it. Every Living Off-Grid Power and Information show is kind of done shooting from the hip, so to speak. I never come up with very much of a plan. I just start talking about what God puts on my heart. And sometimes I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to say when I start this microphone. Now, I know that most radio talk show hosts take notes and they have things in front of them and they have an agenda that they're trying to influence people or they're trying to convince people of certain things or inform them. I'm trying to inform people, that's for sure. But it seems like that every time I sit down and try to make notes, to me it gets dry and stale and it just kind of takes the joy out of it. And so I guess that's my style, is to shoot from the hip. And right before I got behind this microphone, I had a very strong feeling. And I thought, you know, I'm supposed to share this. So I apologize in advance if you think I'm starting to preach. Because although this is a Christian-based show, and I am a Christian, and I very much want everyone to come to Christ, that's not what this show is primarily all about. This show's agenda is trying to make you self-sufficient. But what really hit me this morning is that when you're talking about prepping and you're talking about becoming self-sufficient, just those two items alone, there's no such thing as being totally self-sufficient because humans are herd animals and we need each other. And so when I say self-sufficient, I guess my definition of being self-sufficient is somebody that doesn't have to run for help all the time. But sometimes we all need help. And so I think we need to buddy up with people that will help us, people that we can count on. But we're not really truly self-sufficient because we all need Almighty God. And that's what was put on my heart this morning. That we all need God in our lives 
we all need to trust God and we need to know that we need to rest in him and we need to have faith in him and we need to rely on him because no man is a rock to himself or an island. No one can be totally self-sufficient because we do need spiritual guidance. And if there ever was a time in the history of the world that we needed God, it's now. I really do believe that. And a related thought that I had right behind that one was the ultimate prepping is getting right with God. Because what are we preparing for? Well, we're preparing to try to save our life or keep our life as sane and as good as we can. But what about prepping for eternal life? Wouldn't that be the ultimate prepping? Because this world is very temporary. We might buy a hundred cans of spam and have ten ounces of gold all put back behind a wall somewhere. But what good does that really do us if we don't know Jesus? Honestly, what good is extending our life on this plane of existence when we're totally ignoring or rejecting the big picture? So, as you prep and you plan, I want you to please keep that in mind, that the ultimate prepping is securing a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That is your ultimate form of prepping, because the Bible is very clear that no matter what we do, everything's going to turn to dust. The gold and the silver is going to mean nothing. In the long run, everything of this world means nothing. We have to look to the world beyond. And I'm not saying not to prep for the physical world that we live in right now. But I'm saying that why prep so hard to do that and totally ignore the other? I want you to please consider that. And also I want to tell everybody about emailing me. It is perfectly okay for you to email me anytime with any questions. Because the only reason that I'm here is to be of help. That's the only reason. And so I don't mind answering questions and getting emails. And so please use me as a resource on anything that you want to bounce past me. Just bounce it past me. You'll get an honest opinion. You may not agree with my opinion, and you may not want to do what I suggest that you do, which is perfectly fine. I'm still here for you so you can email me anytime. And as I record this week's program, the wind is just absolutely howling outside. Now, I'm in my studio and it's all insulated, but I can still hear the wind. It's just like a constant roar. And so my insulation's good in here, so it's just that windy. But when it's that windy and my studio is inside a livestock barn and I have some barn cats that take care of mice, and for some reason, they can hear through this insulation, and they can hear my voice, and they want to get my attention. So right now, I have a tomcat right outside my door, just yowling to beat the band. I've stopped recording three times to scare him off, and I see he's back. So if you hear some yowling in the background, which I hope you don't, because I think that I'm insulated enough that you won't hear him, 
know that I have a guest host today, and he's not very he's not a welcome guest host, but he's sure trying to get his two cents in. Such are the joys of farm life. And I've decided to give a chemtrail update because from time to time I talk about chemtrails. And it seems like that they're getting worse. The sky is almost constantly white. And so, yes, I do believe in man-made climate change. Very much. And we're seeing the man-made climate change every day while these jets that are funded by the Gates Foundation and other criminals like that fly overhead and spray us like we're houseflies. And no, that's not a conspiracy theory. It's really happening. First of all, open your eyes and look up. Second of all, it's been admitted to by the government, and also it's been verified that part of the funding does come from Bill Gates. And as we all know, that evil man is a eugenicist, and I think he wants us all dead. And so don't look up and call them contrails. Because, yes, there are contrails. It's water vapor that simply evaporates. But these chemtrails stay forever, and they widen out, they get bigger, they join up, and they cover the whole sky with kind of a misty white. And I don't know about you, but I really miss the beautiful blue skies that we should have. And so we have these criminals that need to be stopped. And every time I look up and I see them crisscross over the ranch, and I know that that toxin is going to eventually make its way into the ground and, and make my soil out here toxic. It makes me mad because I really do know that we are in a war. We are in a war against the quote-unquote elites, the evil people of the world that have delusions of grandeur that need to be stopped. But they have so much money they can buy almost anybody off. So how do you stop people like that? I would only hope that there's a listener to this show that has some influence that can do something about it, because all I can do is talk about it. And if there's a pilot out there that is actively flying these planes and spraying us, shame on you. Shame on you big time. So when they say that we have climate change caused by man, you can agree with them. Because it's the leftists, the One World Order elite people. It's the people that claim to love the planet, that want to save the planet. It's those people who are spraying us, like we're houseflies. Yes, those people are correct. There is such a thing as man-made climate change. But the ones that say that it's bad are the ones that are doing it. And that's the perfect cover for them. They blame you and they blame me for spraying hairspray or starting a lawnmower or whatever they say that causes the world to disintegrate while they're spending billions of dollars sending jet airplanes with special tanks to spray us. Now you tell me what's wrong with that picture. And so every once in a while, look up and see what they're doing up there. It's really strange that even though these jets are in full sight, everyone can see them, and you can see the chemtrails, you see everything that they're doing, 
But yet people deny it and say, no, that's a conspiracy theory. Really? How dumb are people? I guess I can answer that. They're pretty dumb. They're dumber than a box of rocks. Because I've pointed out to people standing right beside them, two planes, one had normal contrail, and the one several miles away was spraying a chemical. And I said, see the difference? They said, no, that's a conspiracy theory. I said, explain why one of them, the vapor is disappearing like normal, and the other, it's getting fat and wide and growing. They said, well, probably the atmospheric conditions are different in that mile or two they're apart. Really, you'll stretch that much. Okay, if you're that stupid, you could look up there and see for yourself and still deny it. Well, that's kind of a special kind of stupid. So I would hope that everyone out there will finally get that it is real and it's happening and we need to do something about it. I just don't know what. But I do think about it a lot and hopefully I'll come up with some sort of a solution, something that we can actually do to try to stop this. Broadcasting from the United States of America, you are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Well, I've been busy in the garden, but I've also been busy trying to get my machinery ready and busy with my recording career. And also, I have a music career still, and, I'm, and I still have a few gigs that I get now and again. So, so I stay very busy out here. But this last week, I've been gardening when I can. And I've been incorporating mulch. And I'm trying to condition the soil. Because hopefully, I'm going to plant onions this week yet, or early next week, and soon after that, my potatoes. And I just ordered seed corn because I'm very much a fan of open-pollinated corn. Now, I know that all the corn farmers out there will cringe because even the best open-pollinated corn, if you can get 75 to 100 bushel an acre, you're really doing well. Because lots of times, open-pollinated corn will go 35 to 75 bushels per acre. And the modern GMO corn, if you want to call it that, gets anywhere from 150 to 300 bushels an acre, depending on soil condition and water requirements and so forth. So I understand, from an economic point of view, nobody in their right mind would spend the time and money to plant open pollinated corn and get such a lousy return for your money. This is the big butt of the whole thing. Open pollinated corn is corn. It's real corn. The GMO stuff they're planting, which I understand why farmers do that. I don't blame the farmers because it's all economics. And modern farming is big bucks. And so you have to make big bucks because you're spending big bucks. I get that. But from a purist point of view, it's not real corn. It's a genetically modified organism. It's not corn. It's an organism that's been genetically modified 
by the same people that gave us COVID-19. And I also think they gave us AIDS and possibly even Ebola. And so these same people are giving us GMO foods. And so I, for one, do not trust GMO foods at all. And so as I look at these beautiful fields of corn that looks like corn, I have to shake my head and say, in the long run, what are we doing? You might say, well, we're feeding the world. Yes, we are, but what are we feeding the world? And cancer and autism and all these things are just skyrocketing right now. Ever since the advent of GMO anything that's been planted in our fields, we've seen a distinct decrease in the health of the people that consume this product. And almost all the sane and rational governments in the world don't import anything that's GMO. Now, I also know that the standard hybrids that are non-GMO will outperform almost every open-pollinated variety almost every time. And so I sure wish that farming would go back 30 years to the hybrids of the 1970s and 1980s because they were getting a decent yield, anywhere from 125 to 175 bushels an acre. And I know that's pretty much half of what they're getting today. I get that. But still, even these hybrids were real. They were real corn. They were altered, but they were altered by breeding, not altered by going in and adding chromosomes and adding things into the cellular structure of the product and adding like Roundup and other things that do cause cancer and putting it right inside the corn, right inside the plant itself. And it's not only corn, it's everything now. There's GMO everything. And I ordered some open pollinated corn and I got what was called Wapsi Valley. And the reason I got that is that it does yield consistently almost everywhere where it's planted. It'll outyield almost all the other open pollinated varieties. And I'm very acquainted with the open pollinated varieties because I've raised open pollinated corn for years. But I had an accident several years back and I couldn't keep my seed stock fresh. And and I ended up losing so much ground that I decided that this year just to start over. And I've never used Wapsi Valley before, but I'm really looking forward to planting it. And I will report of how well it does. Now, I'm only going to plant about a quarter of an acre because what I'm doing is I'm planting what's called a seed plot. Because that's the beauty of open pollinated. You have the future in your own hand. You create your own seed. Again, that's part of becoming self-sufficient. The only problem with the open pollinated varieties other than lower yield that I see is that if any neighbor has a GMO product, It'll cross-pollinate, and it'll contaminate my seed. And I've had that happen before. And if you have contaminated seed, then you can still grow it, but it's not as healthy to eat. And also, you can't sell it as true open-pollinated because it's cross-pollinated, and it has some characteristics of the GMO. 
and that does take away your potential of actually selling seed corn. Now, if I can keep this seed corn pure, I'll be able to sell some seed as well as keep seed for my own use. And any other excess seed, I'll simply feed to my cows. But I think that open pollinated anything is the only way to go. Because when you're talking about becoming self-sufficient, that's probably the best place to start, is to be able to grow your own food and forage. And I think securing your own food supply is probably the best starting point to becoming self-sufficient. So learning how to forage, study, find out what local plants are edible, and then go out and taste test them and see which ones you like and the ones you like, start incorporating them into your diet. Now, you might only have a 20% of your diet will be foraged food. So let's just say 20%. That's going to help offset some of the inflation of your grocery bill. And if you can get that up to 30% or 50% of the food that you're eating is local food that you've went out and foraged for, then your grocery bill is going to go way down. And you'll be able to afford almost anything you want to buy in the grocery store because you won't be buying near as much food. And so let's say that the cost of protein, let's say beef, goes through the roof, but you have all of your greens taken care of by foraging and you have all of your vegetables taken care of by gardening, then you have more money freed up to pay for your beef. And so that's the idea that you want to have a system that everything works hand in hand. And so one will complement the other. And so as you buy your vegetable seeds, if you haven't already bought them, I would buy open pollinated heirloom seeds. I say that almost every show. But I have new listeners almost every show. And I think that's one of the most important things that we can do this year is to have a garden. Not only a garden, but an heirloom garden with open pollinated seeds, so you can save your own. That ensures that next year, you won't have the cost outlay for seeds, and you'll have a variety that's already starting to acclimate to your own soil. And after three or four years, the seeds will have everything imprinted off of what your soil is made of, and also imprint the amount of water that it gets. Seeds have a way of kind of having a memory. As the plants grow, they put information into the seeds. That's why grow your own seeds are always more productive than ones you buy and have shipped in that were grown in an entirely different type of a soil. And if you've already bought your garden seeds, I'm not talking about your, your big cornfields. Those are, they're going to plant GMO because that's the only way they're going to make money. But if you're gardening and all your seeds are GMO, I highly recommend you throw them out and at least get hybrids, anything but GMO. But better yet, search out open pollinated heirloom varieties. They actually taste better, in my opinion. And if anyone wants to send me an email to ask my opinion of where to buy open pollinated seeds, just shoot me an email. And my email is jim at offgridliving.faith. Jim at offgridliving.faith.
and I'll be happy to send you links to where I buy my seeds. And after this short break, I'll be right back to pick up where I left off. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to the show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donations. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they have shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143, and your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope. Replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Back to the second half of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. And today's show is kind of all over the map. Lots of people that want to be self-sufficient, with food anyway, raise chickens. And while that's a good thing, 
sometimes it's not as cost-effective as you'd want it to be. Let's face it, chicken feed is not chicken feed as far as cost. Chicken feed is expensive. Not only that, they're putting all sorts of garbage in the chicken feed. And so, sometimes you're feeding your chickens a bunch of GMO and things laced with pesticides and everything else. So it's best to come up with your own feed formula and grind it yourself. But that takes a lot of work. And also, that's not real cost-effective because when you buy the ingredients separately to mix them together, you have quite a bit of cash outlay. But one way to cut costs as far as feeding your chickens, whether you buy commercial feed or grind your own, simply take one part of your feed and put it into a bucket or a jar and then add two parts of water. So you have three parts, one-third feed and two-thirds water. Let that stand for approximately three days. And when it starts to ferment, and you can tell by the smell, then it's ready to feed. Now what you've done is you've made it more palatable, so the chickens will like it better. And you've also given your food a lot more volume. And I know it's a lot of water. You're really not giving them any more material as far as organic material. But since it's already wet, the chickens can digest it much better, and their bodies can access the nutrients that's in the feed. And so they actually need to eat less of this fermented version of the feed than the dry version. And so since the volume triples, if you buy one 50-pound bag of feed, it has almost the feed equivalent of three 50-pound bags. And so you're cutting your cost on chicken feed approximately two-thirds. Now, I know that it's not going to be a true two-thirds because the chickens will probably eat a little bit more than that one-third. And so, realistically, I think you're going to cut your cost in half, not by two-thirds. How to get started is you get one container, and then you go ahead and get the mixture one-third feed with two-thirds water, and then just set it aside. The next day, do the same thing. Matter of fact, for the next three days, do the same thing. And then on day four, you'll have four buckets. And you feed bucket number one, the one you did first, on day four. And then after you feed that, you go ahead and fill that up with one-third feed and two-thirds water and set that. That's now bucket number four. Bucket number two will be fed the next day. You just rotate them through that way. And this works on hen scratch. It also works with the layer formulas, the crumbles. Anything you feed the chickens, you can add this water to and increase the volume of the feed and cut your cost. It's a pretty good deal. And you can do this with all ages of chickens, from baby chicks on up to adults. And while we're on the topic of food, lots of people like to buy a half of a beef or a quarter beef and put it in the freezer, if they can do that. I've always liked good grain-fed beef. That's been my favorite. Grass-fed is just fine. I have nothing wrong with grass-fed. I like the taste of the grain-fed a little better, and I like the marbling of the meat. But I have to rethink that with the new GMO. 
because they're finishing out all the cows to butcher on genetically altered food. So they're feeding the cow GMO, then you're eating the cow. And so you're eating some of the product of the GMO with this grain-fed beef. Now that's one reason I'm going to raise corn, is because I want to feed out my own beef with my own corn. That way, I know exactly what's in my meat. No GMO whatsoever. And if you've never bought a beef before, it's time to search out people that'll sell a whole beef or a quarter or a half of total grass-fed beef. There are farmers and ranchers out there that do private sell their beef. And the same thing goes for pork and lamb. You just need to search out the right people. And hopefully you'll get a year-to-year relationship So you never have to worry about your beef supply or your lamb supply or pork supply or whatever kind of meat that you're buying. It'll be a yearly thing that you'll already know where that's going to be coming from. You'll know what you're eating and what's in it. And I think it's really important right now that we pay attention to our health. Because what good is being a homesteader and what good is prepping if you're not healthy? Like I said in the first part of the show, What good is prepping for this short little life we have if we ignore our eternal life? In this half of the show, I'm going to say, what good is prepping if we don't feel good enough to be able to do anything? And I think this whole Great Reset New World Order agenda is to wipe us all out, and they're going to do it with sickness and disease. And ultimately, if that doesn't work, I think they're going to start dropping nukes because this whole Ukraine situation is absolutely ludicrous, and all the people that are beating the drums of war, they're the ones that aren't going to go. It's going to be people like you and me, the people that I consider cannon fodder. We're the ones that are going to get blown up, and all these quote-unquote elites, they've got their own islands and their own bunkers, and all the people that get on TV and say, we need to go to war. Well. Rest assured, they're not going to go. They just want to report on it. And they're being paid very handsomely to try to promote a war. And we have a lot of people in the military-industrial complex that simply need to be stopped. But that's a whole other show. But what you can do is keep yourself mentally healthy, physically healthy, and spiritually healthy. And so that's kind of where this show has kind of been heading, is keeping your health. And if you don't have your health, go ahead and start exercising and eating right and gain your health back. Even if you're 80 years old, you can be a healthy 80-year-old or you can be a sickly 80-year-old. And believe me, it's much better to be healthy than it is sickly. And so if you're eating things that you shouldn't be, or you're doing things you shouldn't be doing to your body, well, it's time to rethink your lifestyle and try to get in tune with what your body really needs. Because ultimately, physically, that's the best way you can prep, is get your body physically fit. And then everything else will kind of fall in line after that. Another thing that I've been doing around the ranch here is I'm trying to increase my efficiency. And not only with my electricity generation, but my time and all of my effort, everything from cleaning the house to working on machines to feeding the animals, 
everything I'm trying to do is trying to make everything efficient. And there again, that will really help us with the inflation. Because if we can tighten our belt as far as managing our time better and managing our money better, and I guess managing all of our resources better, then the inflation that we're feeling isn't going to pinch us so hard. Because I don't know about you, but I'm feeling very pinched by this gas price. And I'm also feeling very pinched every time I go to a grocery store. So I'm really glad that the growing season is almost here in central Nebraska to where I can start foraging again. And after I start doing that, I'll probably lose about 10 pounds naturally without even trying. And I'll be much healthier. And my thinking will be much clearer. And I'll be able to breathe better. And everything will seem to kind of come together. That's why I really talk about foraging all the time. Once you gain a taste for it, and yes, you'll have to eat it enough to gain a taste for it. Once you do gain that taste for your local foods that you can harvest yourself, just walk outside your door and find, you will find that those are the healthiest plants that you're eating. Much healthier than the canned goods you're buying. Much healthier than the fresh foods, the so-called fresh produce in the grocery store that's laced with chemicals. As long as you forage in places where they're not spraying, you're golden. And since you're eating local foods, your allergies will go way down too. Now, most people have heard that eating raw honey that's from your neighborhood helps with allergies. Well, that's because the bees are visiting native plants that are in your area, and they're getting the pollen from those native plants. Well, when you're consuming those native plants, you're getting the same benefits as having the raw honey. And there again, I do believe the raw honey really does work. Because with commercial honey, they flash heat it. And when they flash heat it, it kills all the enzymes in the honey. And what that does, it gives the honey a much longer shelf life. Because lots of people, when they see granulated honey that's all crystallized, they throw it out. They think it's spoiled. But there's no such thing as spoiled honey. Honey never spoils. And the way to reliquify your honey is to take your jar of honey and put it into a pan and put it on the stove on low heat and carefully heat your container. Now, if it's a plastic container, make sure the plastic does not hit the bottom of your pan. So put a lid to a jar or something on the bottom of your pan and then set your honey on that instead of the bottom of the pan. That'll keep your honey container from warping. Because that flash heating that they do for commercial honey, that kills that enzyme that starts the crystallization process. And wild, raw, natural honey crystallizes pretty fast. But some people like crystallized honey. They can just spoon it up. And they can spread it out kind of like sugar that's damp. But again, the reason I'm telling you this is that I think you need to have raw honey. So grass-fed beef, raw honey, foraging, avoid GMO, get right with God. <laughs> this, this show is all over the map. But I really do care about my audience. I want you to be able to live a nice, full, and happy life, the life that God intended you to live. Not this life that this GMO and the New World Order and all these satanic people 
I don't know about you, but I really do miss the good old days. And lots of people say, well, the good old days weren't that good. Well, maybe not, but they were a heck of a lot better than today. I guarantee you that. We have so many people that I think are wimps right now that they look at what I'm doing and they think I'm a caveman. They think that I'm a throwback, which I may be both, I don't know. But they don't have the guts or the determination to even think about what I'm doing. And I think that's really sad because what I'm doing is what everybody did just a couple of generations ago. So I'm not anything special. I'm just doing what the old timers did when I was a kid. That's all I'm doing. And with my music, I have thousands of songs memorized. I could probably sit with my guitar and play 12 or 13 hours of music and never have to look at one sheet of paper and maybe only miss one or two words out of that whole 12 or 13 hours of music. And people that come to my events will say, wow, what a memory. Wow, nobody does that. When I first started in music, if you didn't do that, you were an oddball. Everybody that did music had hours and hours of music memorized. Everyone who is a performing musician that wasn't part of a symphony or something like that where they do have musical scores that they follow, anybody that just went out and played music, like what I've done, everybody had all their songs memorized, and they had thousands of songs to choose from. But now with the advent of the mic stand computer where they have the little iPad thing that goes on the mic stand and the singer's up there singing, he's got a blue face because he's looking at a blue screen reading the words. That's normal. And so people look at me and they say, gosh, there's nobody could possibly know that many songs. And I tell them, why does everyone not know all their material? Isn't this their job? Isn't this one of their businesses? Shouldn't they know their business? It used to be the norm. And it was normal like that with everything. People used to know how to can their own vegetables. They knew how to wash their own clothes and hang them out on a line. They knew how to garden. They knew how to process their own beef, their own chicken. People used to know how to make their own electricity. They used to know how to dig their own wells, build their own houses. We as human beings have lost so many skills because we've turned over our lives to a smartphone and because we've turned our lives over to a computer, and we've let these New World Order people give us these quote-unquote conveniences to enslave us. And if you think that having the convenience of having everything done for you is a good thing, and you don't know how to build your own house, and you don't know how to dig your own well, and you can't grow your own food, then you are as helpless as a baby at that point. It used to be all the men whether they liked mechanics or not, knew how to change their own tire, how to change their own oil, and most guys knew how to rebuild their own engines. That was only a couple generations back. Now you have people that have no idea how to change the oil. They can't even find the battery under the hood of their car. And so I have to get back onto priorities. Is your priority being self-sufficient? Or is your priority being helpless? Now, I know there's middle ground in between that, but it seems like that we've went past this middle ground as a society into total helplessness, and that really does bother me. 
And so that's really what I want this show to encourage you to do, is to become self-sufficient enough to where you're not helpless. You're not just a waif out there blowing in the wind. Because we've lost our skill sets as a human species. We can get that skill set back, but we have to have some drive and we have to have some initiative. We have to be a self-starter and just do it. And I talk about baby steps a lot. And the reason I do is because, I hate to say this, but we have a lot of people that basically are babies in our society. The people that can't change their own oil or change their own tire. To me, as far as being self-sufficient, they're just like embryos. They're not even babies yet. And the ones that can do the minimal work, that can hammer a nail and maybe turn a screwdriver and also change your own oil and change a tire, well, maybe they're the babies. And then you have to grow up from there. But as a society, I think that we need to grow up in that regard. And the people out there who are self-sufficient, you know what I'm talking about. And those that aren't, I'm not trying to insult you. I'm trying to encourage you. Because someday, the possibility of your, I'm going to call it ineptness, not trying to be mean, but if you can't change your own tire or change your own oil in your car, then you're very inept as far as being a mechanic. That's the only word I can think of. If you want to continue to be ignorant or inept of how to care for yourself and care for your belongings, then it's on you if you have an issue that comes up and you have to go for help, but no help is out there. And there may come a time where the only person on the planet that can help you is you. And if you are not committed to learning how to help yourself, if you're not committed to be your own man on a white horse when you need it, then when crisis comes to you, it's going to come with a vengeance and it's going to eat your lunch. I wrote a book called Surviving Hard Times. And I've been sending out a lot of free PDFs of that book. And I want to send it to you absolutely free. And I'll give you the email address in a minute here. Part of that book is trying to get people to wake up to the fact that things can get really bad. Now, I hope they don't. It seems like one week things get a little bit better. The next week they get a lot worse and they get a little bit better. It just drives you nuts trying to keep up with everything. But this book is written for people that are really in trouble because we have a lot of people out there that will panic. Anything that happens, the first thing they do is push the panic button. And that's the worst thing you can do is push a panic button because the solution to all of the problems we have in our life, I don't care if it's finances or marital problems or problems with relationships of any type, I don't care what kind of problem. The solution lies within you because you're the only one that cares enough to do something about it. And you're the only one that knows all the things you need to know to correct or improve the situation. And so when you're waiting for someone else to come do it for you, you're waiting for the man on the white horse to ride over the hill and save you. Things are just going to get worse because there is no man on a white horse coming to save you. But if you're your own man on a white horse and you look within yourself, and most people don't do that. They look externally for 
all of their answers. When you look externally for all of your answers, you're always going to have questions that are unanswered. So you have to look inward. So in times of crisis, you have to look inside yourself and find that person that's not inept and rediscover the skill set that we naturally have that for some reason we've taken that skill set and we've kind of just put it in the ash heap of history. It's time to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and understand that we are the sum total of our heritage. And I'm sure that your grandparents and great-grandparents and all of your ancestors before that were not inept. And I'm sure that they were very skilled at doing some of the things that I say that we need to do, because that was normal, natural life. You know, there was a time when everybody knew how to ride a horse, and everyone knew how to bridle a horse and saddle a horse, and everyone knew how to harness a horse, and almost everyone knew how to drive a horse as far as a team of horses. People knew how to do that. There was a time when almost every family knew how to raise chickens, and almost every family were experts at gardening. But yet we have all of this modern convenience, and we've sold our soul to it. No, I'm not saying you have to live like me and live kind of rough. I'm not saying that at all. But at least know that there are ways out there that do not involve smartphones. There are things out there that do not involve any modern technology or any modern convenience. And so you can live your life just fine without any of that stuff. But if you don't know what's there, don't know how to do it, then if this goes away, if we have an EMP attack or something that takes the internet down, and takes our technology away, what are you going to do then? If everything that you do is based on the internet, that you ask the computer questions to get all your answers, and you don't take the time to look in a physical book and look it up yourself, if you're one of those that is joined at the hip with technology, what are you going to do if and when the technology goes away? You might say, it'll never go away. Well, you never say never. I hope it doesn't go away because I use modern technology as much as I can. But if you took all the modern technology away from me, that would just be a speed bump. I'd be up and running in no time at all with older technology. And I hope somebody got something from this show today. I know it was all over the map, but this was what was put on my heart to talk about today. And I hope you appreciate the fact that I'm not coming to you all scripted and with a big agenda, because my only agenda is trying to be of service to you to become self-sufficient, not only in generating your own power, but just in life in general. Because I see the only salvation we have as a species is if we can roll up our sleeves and do what we need to do ourselves, and also ultimately get right with God. Those are the two things that I see that, as a people, we can actually do to have a positive effect in our own lives. This hour always goes so fast, and I really do appreciate all the people who are supporting the show, and I do need more people that become partners with me as I grow this program. And to those who have been very faithful in supporting this program, you have no clue how much you're appreciated. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you'd like to help join and be a partner of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show, 
You can send your donation, write your check to, and mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. Or if you have any other topic you want to talk to me about, shoot me an email, jim at offgridliving.faith. Jim at offgridliving.faith. My website is offgridliving.faith. Offgridliving.faith. But until that site is fully operational, I'm going to give you my old website. And I do believe that I've got some emails that people are having trouble finding it. So I think you have to physically put the HTTPS. And after you put the prefix in, it's livingoffgridshow.wixsite.com forward slash LOG show. And I appreciate all the radio listeners very much, the folks at Key Radio in Missouri. Thank you so much for listening. And the folks out at KYAH in Delta, Utah, I appreciate the emails I'm getting from my listeners out there. And please send me an email and tell me where you're listening. Because as I try to grow this program, I need to know where my listener base is so I can make the right decisions. So I'd appreciate, if nothing else, send me an email, tell me you're listening, and tell me where you're listening from. And that also includes my podcast listeners. I'm very thankful to all of those who have subscribed to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show on Anchor, PodPage, PodPoint, and Spreaker. Thank you so much for your subscription. And my podcast listeners, that goes for you too. Please send me an email and, and tell me which service you're using. I would appreciate that. And I can't wait to get back behind this microphone with another edition of the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. And so I want everyone out there to please consider what I said, especially on the big picture, as far as the life after this one. And I'm going to ask that you consider that. Please do. And until next time, stay strong, stay safe, stay vigilant, but most of all, replace fear with faith. Until next time, this is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.